0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I am, of course, your host, David Michael, and we're coming to the end of the year 2020. And uh, admittedly, it's been a rough year, but today in the episode, we're going to be taking a look back one decade to the year 2010 in our annual 10 years ago episode. Let's do it. That's right folks, this is one of our favorite shows to do every year, the 10 years ago episode. This year of course we're doing 2010. Unfortunately, the guys couldn't be here in the room with me to do the show this time. Uh, However, we will be joined later in the show by our friend, the Mighty Mo Dingo. Uh, But before we get on to that, I do want to talk about a couple of things that are happening right now with Passionate DJ. Uh, Right now, you should go check out the comparison video that I put together for the CDJ 3000. Basically, it compares it to its direct competitor, which is the, uh, of course, the Denon DJ SC 6000 player, and also compares it to the CDJ 2000 Nexus 2 which is sort of the predecessor player. Um, It kind of serves as a a review video. It's almost 40 minutes long, so it's a really in-depth dive into the CDJ 3000s. That video was put together for the DJ Hookup, so I'll put a link in this description below and you can go down there and then subscribe to their YouTube channel, uh, because sometimes we publish videos over there as well. Um, And then also on our YouTube channel at Passionate DJ, we recently published the scratch video of our friend DJ Access versus uh, my co-host Tony DeSero, and uh, it's just a pretty fire clip. You guys should check it out. We're having a lot of fun doing this music stuff, Uh, and in fact, we've had a lot more music focus here on the show and on Passionate DJ, Uh, just trying to do the DJ thing again. Uh, This is something that we're pushing towards. So if you like what we've been doing with that, incorporating more music, incorporating more performances, releasing scratch videos, doing stuff like that, uh, please let me know in the comments below uh, that you're digging that stuff. Some things that will be coming soon to the YouTube channel. Um, I do have an SC6000 unboxing video which I shot, and I've just kind of been holding on to because I wanted that comparison video to come out first. So I'll probably go ahead and release that in the next week or two. Uh, our next episode of the podcast is going to be our annual holiday show. Now it's going to be a little bit different. Traditionally, we've done two different shows: we've done the holiday record exchange, and then the New Year's special. Uh, This time just with the events of 2020 and we're trying to minimize how many times we're moving people around and all that kind of stuff. It just made more sense to do one combined holiday show and so we're going to have a little bit of different approach to the holiday show this year. Uh, Of course as always it'll probably be a longer extended episode um, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it and probably include some musical performances so stay tuned for that. Uh, just a couple of reminders, some things that Passionate DJ has to offer uh, right now. If you are a new DJ or you're thinking about becoming a DJ and you need a little bit of guidance, uh, check out my guide at passionatedj.com DJ.com/slash how to DJ. Uh, that's my ultimate guide on uh, basically start to finish how to start your journey uh, becoming a dj it's not like a super in-depth tutorial it's not going to teach you how to use specific software and stuff like that it's more like i'm thinking about becoming a dj what is that even like and so once again check that out at passionatedj.com how to dj i also have the controller compendium which is a comparison guide comparing the top seven DJ controllers in three different price brackets so that no matter what you're looking for um, there's something in there for you whether you use serato or record box or tractor etc um, and I also break it down into some other categories just to help you uh, spend your hard-earned money in a place that you want to so that you don't waste it so uh, that can be accessed at passionate dj.com controllers and then uh the two places that we're most active on passionate dj with social media are our instagram channel you can get to that at passionate dj and then also the facebook community group uh, which you can get to at passionatedj.com community where you can ask or answer questions uh, provide encouragement talk about dj stuff music stuff in general Uh, the only thing that we ask is that you don't spam it with your mixes we have one day a week where we do that and that's called fire away fridays and you're welcome to post them in the comments there But other than that, it's just an actual community group meant for discussion uh, by and for DJs. And just as a reminder, the YouTube channel is not the only presence we have. In fact, if you listen to the podcast and you like to listen on the go in an audio format, you can, of course, subscribe to the Passionate DJ podcast uh, using your favorite app on your phone. Alright, so let's go ahead and get on to our main topic today, which is, of course, talking about 2010. Now, there were a lot of key events that happened in 2010, so we're going to start out with those. Uh, Now, the year 2010 was designated as the International Year of Biodiversity, which uh, means the variety and variability of life on Earth. It was the International Year of Youth, and the International Year for the Reproachment of Cultures. And the word reproachment there basically just means to restore friendly relations. Some notable deaths in the year 2010. Teddy Pendergrass. His early career was suspended after a March 1982 car crash that left him paralyzed from the shoulders down. Now, Teddy continued his successful solo career until announcing his retirement in 2007. Pendergrass died from a respiratory failure on January 13th. J.D. Salinger, author best known for 1951's The Catcher in the Rye, he died January 27th at the age of 91. Corey Haim, the Canadian actor whose role alongside Corey Feldman in The Lost Boys made him a household name. Known as the two Corys, the duo became 1980s icons and appeared together in seven movies. He died March 10th at the age of 38 from pneumonia after a long struggle with substance abuse. Guru, hip-hop artist of the duo Gang Star. He died April 19th at age 48 from a form of blood cancer. Ronnie James Dio, one of the greatest to ever rock. This heavy metal singer, songwriter, and composer fronted or founded numerous groups throughout his career, including Elf, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, Dio, and Heaven and Hell. And he lost his battle to stomach cancer on May 16th. He was 67. Gary Coleman, one of the highest paid child actors in the late 70s and early 80s, he was rated first on a list of VH1's 100 Greatest Kid Stars on television, and received several awards and nominations throughout his career, including winning two Young Artist Awards and four People's Choice Awards. He passed away May 28th at the age of 42. Dennis Hopper also passed away in 2010. This actor from such films as Cool Hand Luke and Hang 'em High lost his battle to prostate cancer on May 29th. He was 74 years old. Rue McClanahan. Now, she was best known for her role as Blanche Devereaux on The Golden Girls, for which she won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series in 1987. She died June 3rd after a brain hemorrhage at 76. Jimmy Dean, the American country singer, television host, actor, businessman, and yes, the creator and spokesman of the Jimmy Dean Sausage brand, died June 13th at the age of 81. And then our last notable death for 2010 was Leslie Nielsen. With a career spanning 60 years, he appeared in more than 100 films, in 150 television programs, portraying more than 220 characters. He died on November 28th, 2010, at the age of 84. Now some notable events that took place in the year 2010. On January 4th, the tallest man-made structure to date, the Burj Khalifa, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, in Dubai is officially opened. January 15th, the longest annual solar eclipse of the third millennium occurs. February 3rd, the sculpture, which I cannot pronounce, by Alberto Giacometti, sells in London for 65 million pounds or 103.7 million US dollars. Now this set a new world record for a work of art sold at an auction. Later in May, the painting Nude Greenleaves and Bust by Picasso would sell in New York for 106.5 million, setting another new world record. On February 7th, the Saints beat the Colts in the Super Bowl. Now that live broadcast on CBS was watched by an average US audience of 106.5 million viewers, making it then the most watched Super Bowl. The national anthem was sung by Carrie Underwood, and the halftime show featured British rock band The Who. On February 12th through the 28th, the 2010 Winter Olympics are held in Vancouver and Whistler, Canada. For the first time that year, Canada won gold in an official sport at an Olympic Games hosted at home. Athletes from Slovakia and Belarus won the first Winter Olympic gold medals for their nations. On May 6th, the 2010 flash crash. A trillion-dollar stock market crash occurred over 36 minutes, initiated by a series of automated trading programs in a feedback loop. Now, June 11th through July 11th, the 2010 FIFA World Cup was held in South Africa and won by Spain. July 8th, the first 24-hour flight by a solar-powered plane is completed by the Solar Impulse. On July 16th, the very first test Instagram posts were made by co-developers Mike Krieger and Kevin Systrom out of San Francisco. The service would publicly launch on October 6th. July 23rd, the British-Irish boy band One Direction was formed. On July 25th, WikiLeaks releases to the public over 90,000 internal reports about the U.S.-led involvement in the war in Afghanistan from 2004 to 2010. Later in November, they would release a collection of more than 250,000 American diplomatic cables, including 100,000 of them marked Secret or Confidential. On August 4th, California's Proposition 8, which was the ballot initiative from 2008 that prohibited same-sex marriage, is overturned. Now, later in December, we'd also see the repeal of the 17-year-old Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, which banned gay people from serving openly in the military. Now, on August 10th, 2010, the World Health Organization declared the H1N1 influenza pandemic over, saying worldwide flu activity has returned to typical seasonal patterns. And doesn't that sound nice? October 22nd, the International Space Station surpassed the record for the longest continuous human occupation of space. It had been continuously inhabited since November 2nd, 2000. That's 3,641 days of occupation. On November 17th, researchers at CERN trapped 38 anti-hydrogen atoms for one-sixth of a second. That marks the first time in history that humans have trapped antimatter. On December 8th, with a second launch of the SpaceX Dragon, SpaceX becomes the first privately held company to successfully launch, orbit, and recover a spacecraft. And then on December 21, the first total lunar eclipse to occur on the day of the northern winter solstice and southern summer solstice since 1638 took place. Now, the word of the year for 2010 was austerity, and this comes from Merriam-Webster, a term used both in the context of government spending during financial recovery and in the context of household budgets under the strain of unemployment and underemployment. Like most technical, legal, and medical terms, the word austerity comes from the Latin, and in this case, the root word means harsh or severe. I thought it would also be fun to take a look at what kind of films came out in 2010. So these are the top 10 highest grossing films from that year. Number 10, How to Train Your Dragon. Number 9, Despicable Me. Number 8, Tangled. 7 is Iron Man 2. Number 6 was The Twilight Saga Eclipse. Shrek Forever After at number 5. Number 4 is Inception number three is inception number two all right i'm just kidding number three is harry potter and the deathly hallows part one and then number two was alice in wonderland and rounding up the top the number one film highest grossing film of 2010 was toy story 3 now toy story 3 and alice in wonderland both grossed more than one billion dollars marking the first time that two films released in the same year grossed more than a billion dollars at the box office. Toy Story 3 was the first animated film to gross a billion dollars and is currently the seventh highest grossing animated film ever worldwide. Okay, so one thing that we do every year in these episodes is we talk about what was on the top 100 dj mag poll and we usually look at the top 20 or so and see who their viewers or who their readers voted in as the top djs for that year which is always pretty telling um i don't know if it really means anything or ever really meant anything but it is interesting to see uh, at least for that segment of the population uh who was determined to be the best or most popular DJs. So uh, this segment is actually going to be presented by Mo Dingo. Uh, however, we're also going to be listening to some background music during this time, which is going to come from the top 10 sold Beatport songs of 2010. Beatport being the uh, online digital store for DJs uh, playing dance music to uh, you know download digital tracks. Uh, usually we can find a playlist that has the top 10 listed, in this case, we found seven of the top ten because uh, those things kind of fall off over time on the Beatport catalog. And so I don't really know what order they're in, but uh, there will be uh, seven of the Beatport top ten playing. The first background track we'll be playing while Mo does his thing is by Format B. The song is called Gospel, and this is the Superflu's Antichrist remix. So on to Mo Dingo with the top 20 DJs according to the DJ Mag poll from 2010.
1: What up everybody? It is your dude Modengo and I am here remotely. Unfortunately, can't be with the fam, but you know what? Got to do what you can during 2020 cuz it's 2020. I am going to bring to you the 10 years ago today, the top 20 DJs from 2010. Starting off the list at number 20 is Ali and Fila. Known for their melodic and banging trance, the track that they dropped this year was Nothing Else Matters. At number 19, Afrojack. The track he helped put out in 2010 was won by Swedish House Mafia, which as we go down the list, we're gonna find that Swedish House Mafia is a recurring theme in 2010. At number 18, Judge Jules. Known for being one of the resident trance DJs on the British radio station Radio 1, his track of the year was Squire. Moving up 10 positions in 2010 was our next DJ at number 17, Laidback Luke. We see him a lot now producing content on how to become a DJ and how to perfect your DJing skills, but in 2010 he helped produce a remix of the Swedish House Mafia track 1, The Congo Rock Remix. At number 16, Sebastian Ingrosso. As part of the Swedish House Mafia, you guessed it, he was involved with their track from 2010, which was called One. When asked about essential items that he packs in his suitcase when he goes on tour is one, his laptop bag, SD cards, and of course, earplugs.
0: All right, we're going to let Mo get back to it in here in just a minute, but I'm going to cut in here to change background tracks. Uh, we're now going to be hearing from the 2010 Beatport Top 10, Mark Knight, Devil Walking. At
1: 15, Dash Berlin. As a transit progressive DJ, he's mostly known for tracks such as Till the Sky Falls Down, Man on the Run, and Waiting. When asked what's one of the best things about being a DJ, he said seeing people smile on the dance floor. At number 14, Steve Angelo. As a member of Swedish House Mafia, guess what track he was known for in 2010? You guessed it, one. In addition to that, he also dropped a solo track called Canass. His favorite non-dance album of the year? Kind of surprising, but not really. Jay-Z, The Blueprint 3. At number 13, Infected Mushroom. Known for their trance and rock infusion, the record that they were most notably recognized for in 2010 was a collaboration between Dead Mouse and Wolfgang Gartner, Animal Rights. Number 12, Sander Van Dorn. Known for his driving, melodic, and techie sound, his track Damascus was identified as his number one track of 2010, and when asked who would play him in a movie, he said Edward Norton and holding down the number 11 spot for two years in a row, ATB. Best known for his very first UK number one hit, 9AM, in 2010 he was recognized for his track, Something Wrong. When asked about the best festival he performed at in 2010, it was one from my hometown in San Bernardino, California, Nocturnal Festival.
0: Alright, thanks Mo. So coming back for the Beatport Top 10, we're going to play another Mark Knight track, this time in collaboration with Wolfgang Gartner, and the song is called Consindo. Strong tech house showing in 2010. So back to Mo.
1: Getting into the top 10 at number 10, Axwell. Being the third member of Swedish House Mafia, you guessed it, one was the track that was the biggest of 2010 for him. When asked, what's the best part about being a DJ? He just said, making people happy. At number nine, Ferry Corsten. With a trance and house sound, Hartzer was his biggest hit of 2010. And when asked who would play him in a movie, his wife said, either Matt Damon or Brad Pitt. Coming in at number eight, Marcus Scholes. Known as the hardest working man in trance his hit Sky Traffic was his biggest track in 2010 and of the events that he played that year he said playing a solo gig at the Ministry of Sound where he had no direct support was his biggest accomplishment of that year while playing out on the festival scene. Number seven Gareth Emery his track for that year was The Island part one and when asked what he would close out a set with He said, Silence by Delirium, and I think our good buddy Digital Psychosis has talked about that track a time or two. At number six, Paul Van Dyke. The tune of the year was Remember Love, uh, which was a collaboration with Armin Van Buren and Paul Oakenfold. It was to commemorate the tragedy that happened at the Love Parade disaster. It was an event that took place in the UK where, unfortunately, 21 people died uh, during an incident where people were trying to exit through a tunnel and people subsequently were injured. All the proceeds from that track went to support the individuals that were injured as a result of that incident.
0: Now, cutting into change tracks here again, we have Avicii and Sebastian Drums. My feelings for you. Rest in peace, Avicii.
1: finally getting into the top five we have above and beyond sitting at number five in 2010 this trio put out the track on a good day and when asked about their travel requirements they always bring pillows reading material and a laptop the number four dj for 2010 dead mouse when asked what his best event was for 2010 he said all of them because it's a privilege to play music for people and the best part about being a dj according to dead mouse is you get to play music
0: all right the next track from the 2010 beatport top 10 is sweet devil and it's by an artist and i hope i pronounced this correctly piero perupa and piggy anyways track is called sweet devil back to mo and finally, we get to our
1: podium spots with our top three DJs of 2010. At number three, Tiesto. The best event he said he played that year was in Red Square in Moscow. He identified Avicii as the breakthrough producer or DJ of 2010, and he always travels with a laptop, earplugs, and some champagne. At number two, taking the silver medal, David Ghetto. Best known for F Me I'm famous. and when asked who the breakthrough producer or DJ was for 2010 he identified the number 19 artist Afrojack and last but not least for the fourth year in a row coming in at number 1 Armin Van Buren best known for his show The State of Trance. when asked what the best thing about being a DJ is he said everything but airports can't really blame him and asked who would play him in a movie he said Jim Carrey so there you have it folks The top 20 DJs of 2010 with AVB going for that four banger, getting four years in a row, the number one DJ in the world. Can't hate for that. Well, as far as 2020, we're bringing it to a close here, folks. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your listenership. Thank you for your viewership. Thank you for all the comments, likes and shares. And thank you for everything that you guys do in the passionate DJ community page. If you're not part of that, go ahead and get in there. Dave will hook up a link and show you how to get in there. But, most of all, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for allowing us to do this and being a part of your lives. You guys have no idea how much you've done for us during this tumultuous year, just giving us something to look forward to, being able to know that we're doing something positive out there in everything that's going on around this world. So with that being said, love you guys. Wash your damn hands. I'm
0: mowing them I'm out. All right, thank you so much for those words from Mo. Love you, buddy. See you soon. Uh, there were two more tracks on the Beatport Top 10 uh, playlist that we pulled up. Uh, one was this one. It's by Libex and Luigi Roca, and it's called Lifted. And then finally, there was Joan Reyes' Shakedown, and it was the bass clef remix, which sounds like this. now that we've heard some of the dance and underground tracks that were popular in 2010 and we've also talked about the DJ Magpul and really what was going on in that sort of DJ space, let's move to the more general releases of that year and talk about the U.S. Billboard Top 20. Now coming in at number 20 was The Black Eyed Peas, I'm a bee. Now this song spent 27 weeks on the charts and peaked at number one. It stayed there for two weeks. And this was the third single from the album, The End, to reach number one on the Billboard Top 100. And it was featured on the soundtrack for the film, The Other Guys, and can actually be heard in the background on the film, The Hangover 2. Number 19, Mike Posner, Cooler Than Me. You think Pusner once described the background to the song. A lot of people don't know I recorded that song while I was still a student and that I recorded it in my dorm room on an extremely cheap microphone. So to now be hearing it on the radio is very special to me, knowing that I made it in such a makeshift manner. We have Bruno Mars coming in for number 18, Just The Way You Are. Bruno Mars has sang Just the Way You Are on all of his tours since 2010 and he usually as an encore and performed it at the Super Bowl 48 halftime show. Number 17, Katy Perry, teenage dream. Like me, teenage dream. Katy explained that this song was a throwback to her teenage years as she thought back to her youth while contemplating the upcoming marriage to her boyfriend, Russell Brand. Lady Gaga coming in at number 16, Telephone, featuring Beyonce. (laughs) Inspired by her fear of suffocation, Lady Gaga explained that the lyrics preferring relaxing on the dance floor to answering her lover's phone call are a metaphor. The phone that's calling her represents the fear of not having worked hard enough to succeed. And she originally wrote the song for Britney Spears, who did record a demo. Number 15, Rihanna, Rude Boy. boy, 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 Now this one peaked at number one. It stayed there for five consecutive weeks, and it happened to be her sixth U.S. number one single. Rihanna performed the song live for the first time at the Pepsi Super Bowl Fan Jam in South Beach, Miami. Number 14, Jason Derulo, In My Head. This song was first released as a digital download in December of '9 and it peaked at number five number thirteen young Money featuring Lloyd Bedrock My interesting story with this song it originally leaked in September of 09 to Lil Wayne fan sites. Uh, eventually they released the song in November. It was originally titled "Girl You Know. It actually featured a different verse by Lil Wayne, and the chorus was sung by O'Marion. But due to his departure from Young Money, O'Marion was replaced by Lloyd in this version of the song. Number 12, Enrique Iglesias featuring Pitbull. I like it. After the first and third chorus in the song, they drop a line from Lionel Richie's 1983 single All Night Long, and those vocals were actually re recorded by Lionel Richie himself. And just a side note, as I was researching this episode, the song got stuck in my head for hours and days afterward. BOB featuring Bruno Mars coming in at number 11 with Nothing on You. Oh, Now, this song was originally written for Lupe Fiasco, but Atlantic Records chairman Craig Coleman ended up giving it to BOB after being displeased with Fiasco's version. Number 10, Teo Cruz featuring Ludacris. Break your heart. Now, continuing that theme of singer swapping, the song was originally written for Cheryl Cole for her debut solo album called Three Words. After Cruz didn't hear back from Cole's label, he reworked the song for a male and made it the first song off his second album. Teo Cruz comes back in for number nine with Dynamite. Now, this one reached number two, and by January it had sold over 5.7 million copies in the U.S. and Canada, becoming the second best-selling song by a British artist in the digital era there, behind Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Number eight, Lady Gaga returns with Bad Bad Romance. This song explores Gaga's attraction to individuals with whom romance never works. Her preference for lonely relationships and the paranoia she experienced while on tour. Number seven Eminem featuring Rihanna, Love the Way You Lie. The music video for this song depicts a violent relationship and shows Eminem and Rihanna in front of a burning house. The clip had a bit of a mixed reception due to scenes of domestic violence. Number 6, BOB, featuring Haley Williams, Airplanes.
1: Right now, right now. That airplanes like
0: now that's Haley Williams of the band Paramore. This song received a Grammy nomination for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals. Usher, featuring Will I Am, OMG, coming in at number 5. OMG became Usher's ninth number one hit in the US, making him the first 2010s artist to collect number one singles in three consecutive decades. Also, he's the fourth artist of all time to achieve that feat. Number four Katy Perry featuring Snoop Dogg, California Girls. Now, like Airplanes, this one received a Grammy nomination for Best Pop Collab with Vocals. Now, according to Katy Perry, it's an answer song to Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Number three, I'm sure you remember this one, Train, Hey Soul Sister. Hey
1: soul sister hey mister mister on the
0: radio. Funny thing, the inspiration for this song actually came from the lead singer Pat Monahan. Looking at images and imagining what Burning Man must be like. Number two on the Billboard Top Songs of 2010. Lady Antebellum, Need You Now. Songwriter Hillary Scott commented, All three of us know what it's like to get to that point where you feel lonely enough that you make a late-night phone call that you could very well regret the next day. Record executives initially had concerns regarding the use of the lyrics "I'm a little drunk," but were eventually convinced to leave it unchanged. And finally, coming down to number one on the Billboard Top Charts for 2010, Kesha, "Tick Tock." The opening line of this song came from an experience where Kesha woke up surrounded by beautiful women, to which she imagined P. Diddy being in a similar scenario. The experience prompted the writing of the song, which she later brought to her producer, Dr. Luke, who was then contacted by P. Diddy in hopes of a collaboration. He came to the studio the same day and recorded his lines, and the song was completed.
1: Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Grab my glasses, I'm out the door, I'm gonna hit
0: According to Kesha, the song's lyrics are representative of her and based on her life. The song has a carefree message and talks about not letting anything bring you down. In the United States, the song broke the record for the biggest single-week sum of all time for a female artist, selling 610,000 digital downloads in one week. TikTok was certified eight times platinum by the RIAA and has sold 6.8 million copies in the United States, topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart for nine consecutive weeks, song was the best-selling single worldwide in 2010 selling 12.8 million copies in that year alone the song has now sold over 25 million copies making it one of the best-selling digital singles worldwide Alright, so getting back to DJ stuff, there was uh, a couple of notable pieces of DJ hardware that came out in 2010. Uh, probably the no- most notable for me was the Traktor Control S4. And this was a combined 4-channel hardware interface and controller with exclusive features like loop decks and a special loop recorder. This actually happened to be my first proper all-in-one DJ controller. Another thing that came out that year was the Control X1, which is a uh, what I call a DEX and effects controller, a, a modular add-on controller for Traktor. I still have one here in my studio, though it's uh, covered in dust. The Novation Dicer also came out that year. It, that's the little triangular um, modular controllers that go on the edge of a set of techniques or other turntables and adds you uh, gives you access to like cue points and loops and stuff like that right on the turntable deck. The Vestax VCI 100, the Mark II version, came out that year. Uh, the original VCI 100 was uh, sort of really one of the very first proper all-in-one DJ controllers and uh, the mark II was an improvement on this it was equipped with a number of improvements and updates including tension adjustable jog wheels uh, a built-in sound card and a four deck layout the allen and heath zone db4 came out in 2010 that was a four channel analog mixer that had a full built-in sound card and built-in digital effects now back then it wasn't all that common yet to have sound cards built into mixers so it was kind of a big deal and 2010 was also when they discontinued the Techniques, uh 1200 turntable, the Mark VI version. Now of course they would eventually revive that in 2019 with the Mark VII. So really some notable things happening in the hardware space in 2010. There was really a shift into this digital space using more all-in-one controllers, all-in-one solutions, you know, Traktor and Serato and stuff like that were becoming more of the go-to for uh, DJs that were getting into the space as opposed to uh, before that where, you know, we were still kind of like, is it CDJs? Is it turntables? What's the proper way to be introduced to DJing? Uh, That digital form really started to get uh, more of a foothold in the space in uh, the early 2010s. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. And then finally, to wrap it up, I want to just talk about the DJ Awards ceremony and talk about the, uh, this is different than the DJ Mag poll. This isn't, uh, voted in by the, uh, viewers of that magazine, but rather this is more like, uh, supposedly it's more like the Oscars of the electronic music community. And, uh, these were the entries for 2010. For best house DJ, we had joint winners, uh, Axwell, Angelo, and Engrosso, uh, of course the Swedish house mafia guys. The best techno DJ was Marco V. The best tech house DJ, Luciano. Best electro house was Dead Mouse. he was well into the door by then. Uh, the best trance DJ, you could already guess, just like Modingo's segment, Armin Van Buren. Uh, The Best Newcomer DJ was Stimming, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, Still having strong releases these days. Best Progressive House DJ, another joint winner, we had Dinox and Beckers and Sasha. We had Best Minimal DJ of Loco Dice. Best Breakthrough was Riva Star. Best Deep House DJ was Phonique. Phonique on wax over here somewhere. The Best Downtempo and Eclectic DJ was Mixmaster Morris. The best Psytrance DJ was Liquid Soul, and the best international DJ was Dead Mouse. And with that, we bring to a conclusion another 10 years ago episode of the passionate DJ podcast folks. Thank you so much. And be sure to tune in for the next episode, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. If you're viewing on YouTube or subscribe on your favorite podcast app, if you like to listen on the go, because uh, we're basically going to talk about what we did this year, what happened this year. Obviously it was a very strange year. We're going to bring in some musical performance. We're going to reach out to some people that we haven't talked to in a while. We're going to do all those things and I can't wait to do it. So We will see you next time on the Passionate DJ Podcast. And until then, keep on spinning.
1: When asked, what's one of the best things about being a DJ? Best known for his show, The State of Tranche. Check, check, one, two, three, four. Got my mouth. Let's try not to screw this one up again.